God richly blessed you. Put your hands together for the Lord. A bigger one. A bigger one. I believe that you're doing this for the Lord. Amen. A bigger one. Amen. 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 We thank God so much for such a time like this, for a day like this. When I want to go, I want to go to the end there, last streams, I mean, some of the people in last streams to help me. Uh, we sang a song during the worship. Was that the led us to sing a song during the worship that I want us to sing? Amen. Pardon me for keeping you standing up here. It's not a punishment, please. Pardon me. Your presence 
it's not about how many books you read. They are all important and they have their place in the building of the saints, in the building of the believer, in the building of the church. But when the Spirit consumes your soul, His glory will be revealed when the Spirit takes over your soul. Father, we thank you. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Shall we humbly take our seats? Shall we take our seats humbly? Amen. And then God bless you so much for being here. God bless you. I want to thank the man of God, Mr. Simon, for such a privilege given me. But most importantly, I want to thank the Lord God Almighty. given me this privilege and I want to thank the Lord for your lives. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God for His word. I want to thank God for everything. Amen. 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 I don't know if I can. Can you all hear me? Yes, You. And I also thank the man of God, Pastor Kwame, all the men of God in the house, Pastor Israel, Pastor Robert, Pastor Moses, Pastor Kobe, Pastor Ken, Pastor Pio, Pastor Gerald, all the Pastor Ezio, Humphrey, everyone, I wish I could mention everybody's name, Olali, all the gentlemen at the back whose names I've forgotten or do not know, and all the wonderful women of God in the house. Oh, Pastor David, sorry. Amen. I want to thank you. God richly bless you. Amen. Amen. And last week we were blessed with a message, a wonderful message by our awesome man of God, Pastor Kwame. Amen. I was not here, but I listened to the message. At least I, at least I probably listened to about three quarters of the message. I didn't finish the last, but the last fifteen minutes or so. I was greatly blessed. Amen. Amen. I was greatly blessed. God bless you, man of God. And man of God, Asafo Kwame is a good, is a good teacher, a very good teacher. I mean, I'm not saying that as your ministry. I don't know your ministry. I don't know what God has called you to be, but he's a very good teacher of the word. I believe he's a good teacher of every yes. other aspect. Maybe, maybe he may become a professor. A professor pastor. <laughs> I don't know what they say, but but he's a really good teacher. When I listened to the word of God last from last week, I was amazed by 
First of all, I was amazed by where the scriptures came from. They came from Nehemiah, Daniel, Ezra. Am I right? I was amazed by them. I mean, it's not surprising to see a man of God preach from these times. But with the depth that he preached, I could tell that this man had studied very well. Amen. Amen. I could tell that he had read very well. I could tell that he, he was well vexed with what God has given, had given to him to deliver. And God bless you as well. Amen. I was really, I was really inspired and blessed by the message. And I believe everyone was also blessed by the message. And today, we want to receive the word that God has for us. Amen. How many of us know that we are, we are like, not, not, not that we are like, how many of us know that we are trophies in the hands of God? We are trophies in the hands of God. Oh, you know? Wow. Well, you know, right? We are trophies in the hands of God. Just like Real Madrid will play all the teams and win, and then will raise up a trophy with joy, with, with gladness, and be happy and rejoicing. God lifts you up and shows you to the whole world and says, see my trophy. See my trophy. Amen. Shall we open to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 14. I really love this scripture in the Amplified, but maybe someone can read in the King James and then we'll read from the Amplified. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 from 14 to verse 15. Is there anyone to read for us? Yes, that's for Kobe. says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God the sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. Amen. Amen. I'll read the Amplified. It says, But thanks be to God, verse 14, who in Christ always leads us to triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Amen. Thanks be unto God who has made us to what or was, who leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. Amen. Amen. We know Christ has won the victory, right? And he has a trophy. And we are the trophy. The church is the trophy of Christ's victory. So Christ has something to show his victory. He lifts out the church and says, see, this is my work. The enemy sees it and sees that, oh, he has won the trophy. He has won the victory. That's his trophy. He's on, he's on unconquerable. He, he is a champion of the champions. Amen. 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 And it says that it goes on to say that he has made us a sweet savor unto God. We are the savor of the knowledge of God everywhere. Do you know what this means? Do you understand what this means? It means that you walk you walk into your workplace and the people must be able to tell that hmm, I smell Christ everywhere. You walk into the marketplace and the market woman should be able to say, wow, 
with small Christ. That's what the scripture is saying. It says you are a saver, you are a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere, everywhere. We are the fragrance. Amen. That's why that's why the songwriter said in the song that we sang that when the spirit takes over your soul, you will be changed and his glory will be revealed. And God's glory is revealed, all men will see. So all men will see you when they will see the glory of God in your life. Amen. 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 When you see Pastor Chris, you see the glory of God, don't you? When you see your man of God, you see the glory of God, don't you? When you see Bishop Daggy, you see the glory of God. Amen. Don't you? Just mention a few. I mean, and when you see, when you see me, you see the glory of God, don't you? When I see you, I see the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Let's work in this. Let's work in this manifestation. I like something that Paulani did the last time. The last time that we preached about weeping God, right? The following day, I saw Paulani's status. He was declaring that I am a God. That I am God. And he was declaring. And then he said something that, oh, his mother, on the status, that his mother was not feeling very well. But when he came to church and realized that he is a God, and if he is God, then the mother of God cannot be sick. Now his mother is well. And I was very, I was very happy. I said, wow. If, at least if nobody understood the message. I was telling my wife. My wife was not there that day, but I was telling him that at least I'm, I'm happy because at least if no one got the message, at least I know that Holani has been blessed by the message. And it's a seed in his heart. God bless you, Holani. God bless you. Amen. 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 So we have sweet savor unto God. Let's, let's just walk. You know, you know what we ought, we ought to do? What we have to do? Let's, I pray for that grace for every one of us. That we can be able to just pick the word of God and, and run with it. We can be able to pick the word of God just as it says and walk with it. Amen. And, amen. But this is not the this is not the main message I want to preach today. Amen. Amen. This is too quick, amen, to, to awaken us onto the knowledge of who we are in Christ. Amen. But today we are going to listen to the word of God. Yesterday I had a good discourse with Osofu Kobi and Osofu Ken. We went halfway in the in the conversation, Osofu Ken had to go because he had a he had something to attend to. And then I we continued with Osofu Kobi. And God bless you, man of God, Kobi. It was a blessed discourse. And the Lord laid something on my heart to speak to us all, including myself. Amen. I want someone to read. We'll do a lot of readings. I like it when we read. When we see to the word of God, we believe it more. Amen. I want someone to read the book of Deuteronomy. It's a very common, it's a very, not common, sorry, it's a very popular um, Chapter, chapter 28. Amen. The whole core of the chapter is talking about blessings and curses. So half of the chapter talks about blessings, half of the chapter talks about curses. Amen. But we are going to read the first verse, I mean the first part 
talks about blessing. Amen. Can someone read Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 1 to 13 quickly? It's a long, it's a long one. So let's read quickly. Okay. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 13. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be the basket in thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all thou settest thy hand to do, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in the goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that, that thou hearken unto the commandment of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day, to observe and to do them. Amen. 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 If thou hearken unto the commandment of the Lord to observe and to do them, all these blessings will I give to thee. This was the word of the Lord unto the Israelites. Amen. Unto the Israelites, this was the word of the Lord. That he will bless them. Did you did you hear all the blessings that were pronounced on, on them, on those who will keep the commandments? I hope you heard all of that. You heard it. It's enough blessing. And yeah, It's enough it's enough blessings. It's actually enough blessings that the Lord pronounced on them who will keep his commandments. That was to the Israelites, right? I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's enough blessings. I mean, think about it. I'll open the treasures of, of heaven's good things upon you. You shall be plenteous in the fields. It's enough blessings. Amen. 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 I mean, there were cases that followed also, amen, if you, if you read. I mean, but, but there were conditions attached to the cases also. Just as there were conditions attached to the blessings. Amen. I want another person to read Genesis. We are doing a lot of readings and we'll understand why. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. We are going back to the book of beginnings. Right? 
love the book of Genesis. I really love the book of Genesis. Amen. Shall we take Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3? Now in Haran, the Lord has said to Abraham, Go away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you abundantly and make your name great, exalted, distinguished. And you shall be blessed. You shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. And I will bless do good for you, benefit those who bless you, and I will curse. That is subject to my wrath and judgment. The one who curses, despises, dishonest, and has contempt for you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham departed in faithful obedience as the Lord had directed him. Amen. Verse 3. Verse 3. Amen. And in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Says that I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. Amen. This was God blessing Abraham. Not Abraham. This was God blessing Abraham. That I'll make you a great nation. He said that depart from your father's house. And God pronounced blessings upon Abraham. Amen. And he says that in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Amen. Someone read Genesis chapter 17, verses 1, 2. 13. It's another long one. Forgive me for all these plenty readings. Alright, but I want you to follow. Please, are you following? Yes, you are following. I want you to follow. Yes, one to seven. One, one to thirteen. Chapter seventeen, verse 17, one to thirteen. One to when Abraham was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, "I am God Almighty. Walk habitually before me." with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence, and be blameless and complete in obedience to me. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly through your descendants. Abraham, Abraham fell on his face in worship, and God spoke with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And as a result, you shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abraham, exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of a multitude. For I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give you and to your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, moving from place to place. All the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Further, God said to Abraham, As for you, your part of the agreement, you shall keep and faithfully obey the terms of my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout your generations. This is the sign of my covenant which you shall keep and faithfully obey between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. 
and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generation, including a servant, whether born in the house or one who is precious with your money from any foreigner who is not of your descendant, a servant who is born in your house or one who is purchased with your money must be circumcised and the sign of my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Amen. 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 And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Amen. The Bible says that you and your seed after thee. This is my covenant, verse 10, which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every every man child among you shall be circumcised. Amen. Amen. And verse 9, and God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. In their generations. Amen. 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 So we, we saw the covenants that God had with Abraham. And so the blessings that came with the covenant at the beginning as she read the, the, the scripture. And God said to Abraham that I will, I will establish a covenant with you. Amen. 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 And then the last part of the scripture says that the covenant that I establish with you shall be in the flesh. Right? I want you to keep these things. These things that I keep mentioning, I want you to keep them. All right? Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 to 17. 22, 15 to 17. 22, 15 to 17. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, By myself I have sworn and put, declares the Lord, that since you have done this thing and have not withheld from me your son, your only son of promise. Indeed, I will greatly bless you. I will greatly multiply your seed like the stars of the heavens and like the suns on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. Through your seed, all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have heard and obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his land. Amen. Amen. God bless you, man of God. Amen. 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 We've seen three instances where the Lord God blessed Abraham. Amen. We've seen three instances. There, there are other instances. There's even an instance where Melchizedek met Abraham and blessed Abraham. And Abraham gave to him a tithe of all the spoil that he had taken from the victory in the battle. Amen. I mean, we see many instances where God blessed Abraham and God established a covenant with Abraham and said that this covenant is with you and your seed. It's between me and you and your seed. All right. So the covenant in Abraham is a covenant that the seed of Abraham enjoys or benefits from. When you read Genesis chapter 28, we see how God, or, or how Isaac was blessing Jacob and was telling him about the covenant or the blessing 
that his father Abraham had with the Lord. Amen. Which came down even to Isaac and through all his seed. He also blessed Jacob and said to Jacob that you and your seed shall be blessed. Amen. 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 So we see that this covenant was with Abraham. But when it gets to Isaac's turn, it's just as if Isaac is now standing in the place of Abraham. All right. I need, I need three people. Pardon me. I need three people. Hold on, please come. What's up with you? You two come because you're a big man. I'll use you for So, what's up with you is a big man, so he'll be, he'll be like God. Amen. Amen. So, Abraham, God comes to Abraham and says to Abraham that I will establish a covenant with you. I'll make a covenant with you. So, God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant with you, right? Abraham has worked faithfully before God. I'm going to make a covenant with you. And at that time, Abraham was still called Abraham. So he comes to him, and God establishes a covenant with Abraham and says that I'm going to bless you, and through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Amen. All the nations of the earth, not just the Jew, the Jewish nation, or the nations that only believe in God, even the, Arab, the Arabic nations who are Muslims, right? Even the nations that serve other gods, the Confucius nations, and every nation. It says, through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And Yemen and that's what was written, right? So God makes a covenant with Abraham. And then God said, this covenant that I've made with you, it is with you and all your seed. Okay? And so, Abraham has a covenant with God. Now, Abraham dies, but God knows that he still has a covenant with Abraham and with all his seed. So, Abraham, before he died, gives birth to Isaac. Abraham is no more. Abraham is no more. Isaac is in the picture now. God still remembers the covenant he had with Abraham, and not just with Abraham, but with his seed. So God looks down on the seed of Abraham and sees Isaac. And then God says, the same covenant I had with Abraham, I have with Isaac. Now Isaac leaves the picture and then comes Jacob. And God says, the same covenant I, have, I had with Abraham and Isaac, I have with Jacob. Don't forget, when you read through the book of Genesis, in later verses or later chapters, you will see that God told Abraham that Sarah was going to give birth. Sarah was 90 years to a son called Isaac. And Abraham was 99. And through that son, God was going to establish the promise. Okay? Abraham laughed. It's not only Sarah who laughed when you went to Abraham. I mean, when Sarah laughed when the, the three the three men had visited Abraham and said that Abraham had, had visited them, given them to eat and drink. And they said that, hey, yeah, by this time your, your, your wife Sarah will be with a child. And Sarah overheard them and laughed. But at this time in the Bible too, when God was telling Abraham that your wife Sarah will be with a child, and you shall call him Isaac. And through him, 
when I established my, my promise or the promise we established. Abraham didn't have Isaac. He had Ishmael at the time. Ishmael was 13 years at the time. Abraham laughed and he said that, ah, will I have a child when I'm 100? Obviously, he knew it would take nine moments. So he laughed and said, will I have a child when I'm 100? And Sarah, my wife, also at, at, at the age where she is now. So Abraham wanted to bargain with God because at that time, he could hardly believe what was going to be done. Notwithstanding, Hebrews says that Abraham, Hebrews talk about the faith that Abraham had. Romans talks about Abraham believing and it was accounted to him as righteousness. But, but here we see Abraham lacking in, in faith to a, to a degree. Which means that even Father Abraham who believed, his faith was perfected by God. So why do we want to trouble ourselves and think that we need to have faith like God sitting on the throne before the prayer that we've prayed will be will be answered? Jesus Christ said, "If you have faith as small as all, good." That's what what we are talking about. So Abraham tells God, "God, I have Ishmael. Take Ishmael and then establish the promise with him." God says, "No, I have said that your wife Sarah will be with a child." And through that child, I'll establish my promise. As for Ishmael, you've said. So when Abraham even mentioned Ishmael's name, God said, okay, for your son Ishmael, because you've spoken about him, I will bless him too. I'll make him a blessing. Right? And he talks about how 12 nations and how 12 kingdoms will, will come out of Ishmael. I mean, that's on the lighter side. So God establishes his covenant between Abraham and all his seed. So Isaac became a partaker of it. Jacob became a partaker of it. Reuben, Levi, Judah, Simon, Gad, Nathalie, Zebulon, Asher, Issachar, um, Benjamin, Joseph, even Manasseh and Ephraim all became. So when it was their turn on the scene, the covenant was now between them and uh, between God and them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? But the covenant is a covenant first with Abraham. So it's Abraham's covenant with God that has been passed on to the sons or, or to his seed. All right, you can kindly take your seat. Thank you so much. Let's put our hands together for them. Okay, all right. Now, this is, a, this is something that we've heard over and over again. Most of us have heard over and over again. Now let's read the book of, let's read Galatians, the epistle, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, I'll read this. I'll read this while someone goes to verse 14 of the same chapter. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, it says that, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and, and heirs according to the promise. And if ye be Christ's, or if you belong to Christ, how many how many of us belong to Christ? How many Christ possessions are here in the house? So let me see by hand. How many of us belong to Christ? Wow. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. According to which promise? The promise the Lord had with Abraham and with his son Isaac. Jacob down to this point. Don't think far. This is what the word of God says. It says, if you are for Christ, 
then you are Abraham's seed. Just take it like the way you, you took and believed that one plus one was two. Right? Did you see one? No, did you see one? When your teacher wrote one plus one, did you see one? Did you, did you see the second one? Did you see how they formed to become two? Did you see it on the board? Okay, that one can be a simple. You can say, okay, but if I have one and one, it's two. When your teacher told you that atom is the smallest particle of, of, of the element of, of, of an object, the smallest particle, I mean, at that time, now they are saying there's even smaller, there are even smaller particles. But even in that time, you still believe it. Did you see the atom? You didn't see the atom, but you believed it. You wrote it in your BC. If some even wrote it in the WASI, if it came in the WASI papers, all right. But why are we why are we not treating the word of God the same way? Why don't we treat the word of God the same way? They tell you that they tell you that the earth revolves around the, the sun 365 days. Then they say, yeah, no, I'm coming on. What makes first January different from 29th May? No, apart from the fact that they've been labeled with dates. What makes first January different from 29th May? So how do you know that we've entered a new year? Did you see the sun? Did you see the earth? Good. But you believe it. And you come for the first night service. And you pray. And you pray. And you said, I've entered new year, new life, new chapter, new everything. Amen. Good. This is the word of God. It says that and if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Maybe you don't understand heir. Heir is someone who inherits something from a superior person. So your father's possession becomes yours. Why? Because you are heir to your father. Okay. So you are heirs to according to the promise that God had with Abraham. Abraham. Everything that God said to Abraham, because you are Abraham's seed, you become an heir, right? Well, we'll say that, but Abraham was, was a Jewish man, and his seeds were all Jewish people. He gave birth to them and gave birth to them and gave birth to them. So how do I become Abraham's seed? Maybe, maybe your father was a, a Goliath's Goliath, forefather, yeah? Maybe. But that's what you are thinking. Let's read verse 14 of the same chapter. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. It says that... Will someone read for me, please? Because of God, I can see already. It says, That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. That the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. Amen. Through who? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is actually a legal legal seed of Abraham. I mean, if you had to talk about family tree, he's a legal seed of Abraham. But then he says that through Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham has become what? It has come onto the Gentiles. Through what? Through the Spirit or, or the, through faith. So we've received the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. 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 So, so now, in our generation, the illustration that we made, Abraham is no more, Isaac is no more, Jacob is no more. But you and I and everyone you see gathered here, we are. Right? So now, Abraham is no more, but God still holds that covenant. And now, because Isaac is not there, Jacob is not there, um, all the 12, 12 sons of Jacob are not there, Manasseh, Ephraim, they are not there. 
right? We are there. Zara and Fares are not there. You are the sons of, of Judah. They are not there. We are there, right? And now God, let us with you. So now God's covenant is with me, right? I hope you understand. I, I'm using this illustration so that it will be simple for us all to understand. Amen. I like it when the when I see um, my my brothers from the new town or the new that they understand it because like I told you the previous time, these men they are they are already well they still we all still need the word of God. But I know that they are all. But I like it when you can see it. So now the promise is between God and who and me. It's between God and you. It's between God and everyone. You didn't have to work for the promise. Isaac didn't have to work for the promise by virtue of the, for the fact that he was the son of Abraham. I would even say that it was Isaac who walked, who walked uh, um, perfectly before God. That's why God established. He said Abraham walked with God, with the Lord, and God established a covenant with, with Abraham. Isaac was not part when that covenant was being established. He didn't do anything. By virtue of being a seed of Abraham, he became what? A partaker of that covenant. You understand? That's the same way you don't have to do anything. Don't think that Isaac was a perfect man. He didn't steal from the mother's soup. Or he didn't, Bible didn't record it. But Bible didn't say that Isaac was a perfect man. He did some of the things that you do that, I'm sure, I didn't, I was not there. But probably he did some of the things that you do that makes you think that, and he did the blessing of the Lord, yeah, no. Bible said that because he was Abraham's seed, he was a partaker of the covenant. Do you understand? Please do you understand. So hola, we have partaken. So now you are standing with God in that covenant. God has a seal with you. He has a covenant with you. It's as if it wasn't. He didn't say he had a blood covenant, but then let me use it for. It's as if doing a blood covenant with someone, it cannot be broken. Do you understand? That covenant cannot be broken. Nothing can break that covenant. Do you understand? Good. So God bless you. God bless you. Amen. So I just want us to understand that I'm taking it easy. I mean, one after the other. But I want us to understand that today, the covenant that God has is with you and I. Amen. All the blessings that the Lord pronounced on Abraham they are asked for the they are asked, I mean they are ours for the taking. Amen. Amen. They are ours to partake in. Amen. They are ours to manifest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't let this come to your mind like writings. You see the way when you watch movies and someone is sitting class and confused, the writers come out of the board and they are flying. Don't let this one come to you as writers. Don't let it pass there and go here. I want you to I want you to take this word and challenge yourself. I mean begin to think like this. If Abraham had this covenant and God blessed him the way he was blessed, and I'm a seed of Abraham and now God has the covenant, the same covenant too. I soon say you, it's even a better covenant now. I soon say you, and now God has this covenant with me. Why am I not blessed? I mean begin to think that way. Begin to ask yourself. Why can't I be blessed? What stops me from being blessed? What, what actually stops me from being blessed? I want you to, when you begin to ask yourself those questions, they begin to get practical in your life. When you, begin, when you listen to it and you're happy, hey, and you clap. 
and then you go home. They become like words to you, right? Good. So what stops us from being blessed? We are seed of Abraham. We are seed of the promise of Abraham. Oh, I'm not God to Abraham. Amen. Amen. Good. Now, Second Peter chapter one, verse one to three. Second Peter chapter one, verse one to three. Uh, um, let me let me read this one quickly. Let me read this one quickly. It's a very common. Or oh, is anyone there? Chapter one, verse one to three. It says that Simon Peter. Oh, sorry. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, too. You can open Ephesians one three for me. A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith, or like precious faith, with us, through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, and grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I told you that it was, I mean, it's something that has been burdening me. I mean, it's out of something that has been burdening me and, I, and I've seen and heard from other believers that this scripture, I mean, this word is coming to us today. It says that according as his divine power had given unto us all things, all things, all things that pertains to life and godliness. All things. What is life? I mean, the, 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 the house you are looking for is part of life. Bro. The land you are looking for is part of life. It's part of all things that pertain to this life. Right? The spiritual, see, you can, you can spiritualize it because it's a, spirit, it's a spiritual message. It's a spiritual scripture. But this is what the scripture says. All things that pertains to life and godliness, both spiritual and physical. It is it says all things. It is the all spiritual things. Right? It says all things that pertains to what life and godliness. So his divine power has given to us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Yesterday I was telling and I've said it to someone before, I was telling a and Kobe and Osobo came. We're talking about transport, how transportation cost is getting increasingly exponential. <laughs> and how it's a worry and how people, I mean, some Osobo came was telling me about, was telling us about how someone bought a thousand cities of wool for just a short period of time, how he himself bought 700 cities of wool for a short period of time. And we're, all, we're discussing, and I was even saying that. Um, it's even worse when you when you are taxiing with Uber, right? And you even have to trade your time when you have to do it with Trotro, right? And we're talking about all that. So we talked about. So we're saying that the best option is to own a car still, even though the full price increases. Regardless of how full price increases, owning a car is still better than going through Uber, right? So we're saying that. And then I was, I was just saying that. 
Well, I, I don't have that money to buy a gun. But I trust God. I trust. The fact that I don't even have the money is, the, is even an additional reason for me to trust God. That is not the reason why I need to trust God, but it's even an additional reason because if I don't trust Him, then who am I? <laughs> right? But I don't have a mind, to, but I trust God that He'll give me a car. Then someone said that, oh, for now you can think about uh, a small car. The first thing that came to my mind was that my God is too big. He's a bigger God. He'll give me a bigger car. Amen. Amen. You see, if we understand what this word of God says, that according as his divine power has given to us all things, all things that pertains to life and godliness, and we, wouldn't, we wouldn't bother ourselves with a lot of things. We wouldn't trouble ourselves with a lot of things. All things. See, just take the word and run with the word. Just take it and run with the word. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Blessed be the Father, blessed be our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and in Christ. Amen. I mean, this is it's talking about it says all spiritual blessings. The blessings there, some are not for a group of people and some for you. You understand? Yours is not, it says all spiritual blessings, right? In heavenly places. Maybe you say, okay, but this one it says it's in heavenly places. But when you are casting devils here, you can see that whatever is cast is, is cast on earth is cast in heaven, and whatever is loose on earth is loose in heaven. Now, you have the faith to believe. But when it comes to the blessing, you don't believe that the spiritual blessings manifest or can manifest into physical blessings. You don't have the faith to believe. And and you, and, and we don't have the faith to believe that before something even happens physically, it needs or it, it, it would have happened in the spirit or it would have happened spiritually before it happens physically. It says, blessed be the Father who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in where? In heavenly places. Right? Good. This this brings us to, I mean, what I want us to understand. I just want us to understand a simple thing. That all that we will need, all that we will require, all that we will want has been given to us. He says, blessed be the God of our, of our, blessed be what our Father and our God, or God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us he didn't say who will bless us all. He says who has blessed He didn't say who is blessing us. Maybe you say it's the point, so he's still blessing us. So now he has given us 10%. So 20% will come tomorrow. No, he says who has blessed us in all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Who has? He has already blessed us. See, isn't it amazing that when you start reading the book, the book, the Gospel of Matthew, it talks about how Jesus Christ was born, how he was he was baptized, how he was tempted by the devil. It gets to chapter four and it talks about how when he heard that John the Baptist had been killed, he went to Galilee and he started preaching in Galilee. I mean, he went to Galilee, left to Capernaum, and he started preaching the whole of Galilee, telling them that 
repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I mean, that talks about, that was like the theme of what he was preaching to them. But when it gets to chapter 5, when the Bible first records a sermon of Jesus Christ, when the Bible starts telling us the sermon of Jesus Christ, I mean, telling us about the sermon, the first ever recorded sermon of Jesus Christ, it says that and Jesus Christ seeing the multitude went up the mountain, right? And when he was set down, his disciples came to him, and when he saw them, he opened his mouth and said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's the first recorded, I mean, the first recorded sermon of Jesus Christ came with a blessing. What, what proves to us that he doesn't want to bless us? I mean, what proof do we have that Jesus, you could have said, The key to your blessing, of course, prayer is the is the is the is the master's key. Prayer is the key; it's an important key in the kingdom. But that was not what Jesus Christ said first. You could have said fasting is the portal that opens the realms, the transcend trans. <laughs> Amen. But he said simply, he said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." Yes, is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the head. Amen. Amen. Because when he talks about blessed, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Amen. What? What? So why wouldn't? Why is Christ not? willing to bless us. He says, it's not as if he's now willing to bless us. He says, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Amen. 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 There was something that triggered the conversation that we have yesterday. I won't mention it anyway. But, no, I'll mention it. But I just want you to understand that all the things that you will need. I was says that bodily exercise profited little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, both in this earth or both, both in this life and in the life hereafter. It says that godly exercise is profitable unto all things. And the scripture didn't the God, see, God is a spiritual God, but He understands also that He has put us in a physical world. We are spiritual beings living in a physical world. So He said that godliness profited unto all, unto all things, both in this life and in the life hereafter. It means that God is saying that He has profited to us all things if we are if we are in I mean if we are in godliness, if Christ is in us, if we acknowledge him, if we believe in him, if we live like him, right? He has profited to us all things both in this life. Where is this life? This life is not when you are sixty years old. It's not when you are forty years, it's not when you are it's not when you are 30 years, okay, some are 30 years. It's not just when you are 50 years. In this life, from when you were born, from even before you were born, when you will die, and even the life was hereafter. We, are, we, 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 we become too fixated on the conditions we find ourselves and we begin to think that, okay, maybe our blessings is in heaven. America is in heaven. Obviously. Obviously. What is what, what is in heaven is more than blessings. 
And in what there is in heaven is more than pleasant. The songwriter says that as long as there is there is Jesus Christ in heaven, and he's just more than enough. You you I don't I, I don't think you even think about gold. No, I don't think that you will think about gold or diamond in heaven. I don't think I am so confident. That's not where you are going to carry gold and, and be carrying it and putting it into bags. I don't think you think about gold in heaven. I don't think you will think about diamond. So why did why did God make the gold if not for us to enjoy here? No, okay, I'm coming on. Why did he make gold a wealthy substance? Let me put it that way. If not for the enjoy, enjoyment of, of us here. Do you understand? Do you understand? The song I said, I'm not thinking about the sights. I'm not I'll not be there because of the what? Of the view, it's not just the view. I'm not going to see plants. Hey, see, they said the plants are singing. See the plant, the plant. Hey, let me see. Just as long as Jesus, Jesus is there, it, it's more than enough. You just get, for instance, just get to heaven and there's nothing in the environment. It's just Jesus. You see, it is, it is still complete and beyond complete. I mean, heaven is still complete and beyond complete because. He's the one who makes and holds all things. So the things that you are seeing, saying, "Hey, in him," you understand. The gold that you are seeing, you are, you are rushing for the gold. It's in him. Even you, you are in him. Yeah. If you get to heaven and you don't see yourself, you still be satisfied. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Good. I just want us. I just want us to understand this. I'm as simple as as we can. So every so. Let's not be let's not be worried because we are not seeing something work in our lives. Well we'll begin to ask, so why are we not seeing something work in our life? If you're not seeing something work in your life, it's not because of God. It's not because of Jesus. It is not because of the work. It's not something that is wrong with the work that Jesus did. It is because of you and I. It is because of you and I. We we need we, there is something there is a place that we have to come to that we probably have not come to and we need to begin to ask God I mean to give us the grace to receive these things there's a faith that there's a belief that we have to believe that also for uh, okay let me not say also for things that you see it in a nice guy you say this guy is mine there's, a, there's, there's that belief you should know that by the, on the word of God Based on the word of God, this is what the word of God says, and I believe this. I mean, this is what the word of God says. It is mine. The, what makes it, what makes it possible, and what makes it plausible, and what makes it a certainty is that others have lived that life, and we can also live that life. Do you understand? Others have hey, look through the whole, look through the whole Bible. All the good, the people that you call saints. In the Bible, in the Bible, you read the Bible, all the people that we call saints, which of them was poor? All the people that we call saints that are in heaven now, that the Bible mentions anybody in heaven now, which of them was poor? You you look, which of them was poor? You say, oh, Peter was a fisherman, he was poor. My then you are not met Jesus Christ. But look, they lack nothing. When 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 they were when even when they were going through persecution, they lack nothing. They didn't lack any, they didn't lack anything. Like, 
they lacked nothing, eh? so <laughs> they had every, they had all things, right? Good. Even Paul, Bible never said that Paul was a poor man. He went through sufferings to become what to, to become a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. Not because he was poor. He was not. He was not. He was not preaching the gospel because he was a poor man and he doesn't have any job to do. He doesn't have any work to do. Do you understand? Look at look at the um, what's the name? Look at Abraham. Look at Isaac. Look at Jacob. Look at Joseph. Look, you you just keep mentioning the the only person that may come to your mind is the poor man and Lazarus. And even the poor man and Lazarus, Bible says that when he died, he was in a rich man's bosom. He was in Abraham's bosom. Do you understand? Do you understand? And and. And if Paul wanted to, I, I believe strongly that if Paul wanted to own kingdoms, he could have easily owned kingdoms, but they were not they were not his focus. They were not his vision. They were not his goal. You understand? And and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be our goal. We should be partakers of what we should we should enjoy the things that we need and the things that we can bless others with. And the things that will make others see that. God is truly with us and he's a God who provides. We should be able to enjoy that, but it shouldn't be your focus like Alexander, Alexander the Great. I want to conquer the whole world because the Bible says all things are mine. <laughs> Do we understand, please? Good. Now, the, now the, so, so this brings me to this point in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. It says that this is the this is the core of the message. I mean, aside all the things that there's a trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Is it a land you want to buy? Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He'll direct your path. You know the kind of believers we become nowadays? We become, yesterday I was discussing with us of COVID. We become believers who have a goal. We want to achieve something. Right, and we start making our own plans towards it, and start working towards it. Then we remember that, hey, I'm a believer. If I don't add God, maybe it won't work. So then we go to God, and sometimes we even tell God that God, this is what I want. This is how I want it. So let it be like this for me. Sometimes that's how. I <laughs> says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Let me use the land because, because I, let me use the land. Let's say Osofo Kwame wants a land. Osofo Kwame should should be able to to go to God and tell God that God, I want a land. Show me which land. You want me, to, even if he has the money to buy the land, show me which land you want me to buy. Do you understand? And God directed, even if he doesn't have the money, you should be able to go to God and say that God, I want a land. 
show me this land. Even if he has seen a land that, that pleases him, he should be able to ask God that, God, is this the land you want me to buy? Even if he has seen the land, maybe he's working, he's saying, I like this land. He can claim it, but he should be able, it should be in the, in, the, in the will of God. I don't know if you understand. I mean, God can permit it if you've not even, even if you've not fallen in the soul, he can permit it. But you see, the things done outside the will of God, eh, they'll bring you to a good. But they may not bring you to a perfect good. And the perfect good is where God wants to lead you. Where God wants to take you. I mean, God won't say because you chose this land and you didn't consult me, I'm going to discipline you, I'm going to find No. They'll bring you to a good. But they may not bring you to a perfect good. We should be able to trust the Lord with everything in our lives. Trust the Lord with all our hearts. We should be able to, to say that, we should be able to rise up and say that we are going to, 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 to win these nations for the Lord. And trust God to do it. We should be able to say that we are going to, 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 to receive this, I mean, to, to, to build this church. Or we are going to build this, this or we are going to buy this bus. We are going to do this and trust God. We should be able to go before God and trust Him and acknowledge. See, there's a, there's a place for proper planning. God even likes proper planning. God even is a God who, I mean, God admonishes, or, or not, let me not say God admonishes, but God likes it when you can plan. But listen to what the Bible says. It says that the heart of a man maketh plans, but it is God who directs his word, his steps. And the Bible also says that there's a way in life that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is what? Is death, or is the way of death. So, so if there's a way in life that seems right unto man, but the end, he didn't say that the, the end thereof may be the end of death. It means that every way of man that is outside the way of God is unto death. Do we understand? It's unto death. You may, you may be making strides, you may be making some, some progress, oh, um, but, but oblivion to you, you are way behind in God's agenda for you. You may be making strides and be, be happy oh, because you bought a car, you bought a land cruiser, you bought a... But oblivious to you, you are way behind in, in the plans of God for your life. You are way behind. Sometimes you think that, oh, if I'm going to ask for God's will, God will, will say that, oh, wait the next 10 years. Or, you dear, I'm going to send you to Sudan to evangelize, so, I don't like it, so. <laughs> and he says that I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in good health, even as I so prosper, right? And he says that, wants to bring us to a perfect or unexpected end. Right? A believer is not a believer if he does not believe in if, if he does not believe that God has done something that he's expecting or he's looking for for him. You are, you are no more believer than the unbeliever. A believer is not a believer if he has a mind of his own. When you do that you are outside the body of Christ. Just recently, I was learning that. The church is the body of Christ, right? And Christ is the head. That is what the book, the Bible says. And Christ is the head. Where is, where is, your, where is your brain? It's in the head. 
what does the brain do? The brain thinks for you. Before you make any action, before you take anything, the brain says that. The brain thinks and says, go and touch Osoku Ken's head. Right? Or before you pick up something, the brain says, pick up your phone. Even before the, the hand or the, the, the arm, the, even before the shoulder stretches itself out and the hand picks up the phone. Do you understand? If the hand begins to, if the hand begins to think for itself, it no longer becomes functional in the body. That's why you can see a hand that is shaking like this on its own. That means that the connection between the hand and the and the brain is severed. Right? Good. That's the same thing that happens to believers when we begin to take steps and take decisions without seeking the will of God. Without, I mean, outside the will of God. That's what begins to happen. You become, you become a a rebel because you are rebelling against the thinking process you are rebelling against the thought process of the body do we understand you are rebelling against what the, the thinking process is i'm saying this because i want i want to admonish us all that please let us let us come to the place where we can trust god let us come to the place where we we, we don't only trust god that he will do but we trust god that he has done because the word of God says so. Right? Let us trust, let us come to a place where we trust God that He has done. Because the word of God says so. Beloved, me I'm blessed though. And I know you are blessed. Me I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. My wife knows I'm blessed. And I know she's blessed. And I know you are blessed. I'm I'm not blessed because I have $30,000 in my account, too. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go looking into my account. <laughs> I didn't say I have to say But I'm not blessed because I have $300,000 in my account. I'm not blessed because I have $50,000 in my account, too. Ah, what is, I'm coming home. What is, what is $1 million? What is $1 million? Is it blessing? Is that blessing? Okay, let, maybe. How, how, how much is the richest person Let's say $150 billion. Is that what blessing is? Is that what blessing is? He has given us the fullness of himself. The fullness of himself. The full that my God shall supply all your needs. All your needs. Maybe your needs are not up to 150 billion. But Christ's provision is beyond your needs. That's what I want you to understand. That's what I want us to understand. If we, if we become money-minded at all, it's the money that shows that we are blessed, then your faith becomes attacked because you want to see the money before you believe that you are blessed. The Bible says, blessed is the one who has not yet seen who has not seen yet what believes. See, the work of a believer, the whole work of a believer is a, is a thing of belief. I mean, the work of a believer, if you rule believing out, or let me say, okay, believing, encapsulated in, into, so faith is, is, is 
is under this umbrella. If you take that thing out, the whole work of a believer is diffused. Why? Because even before he became a believer, the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, whosoever would believes, it didn't take any work of yours. It didn't, take, it didn't say, see, okay, it says, as many as received them, to them he gave the parts we can't know, the sons of God. How did we receive him? Did you, did you embrace Jesus? When he came, he said, oh, Jesus, come, come to my house. Come to my house and come and sit down. Look at your Abraham. Did you embrace Jesus? You were there when he died on the cross. Were you the one who removed him from the cross? But how did you receive him? To them who believed on his word, on his name. The whole work of a if you want to if you are going to if you are going to be fulfilled as a believer, if you are going to walk the full potential as a believer, that thing called faith. Let's then put it under a big umbrella. Believe. It needs to be maximized in your life. It ought to be maximized in your life. The difference between the one who is walking the scripture and the one who is not walking the scripture is faith. The difference between the one who is walking the scripture and the one who is not walking the scripture is faith. And that's not to say that you don't have faith. But you know, faith. Faith can make, I can say I have one million dollars now by faith. And I can close my eyes and open it and I have one million dollars in front of me. Right? Good. Which is faith. It's faith and it's very possible. It is possible. But if I should say that I have one million dollars and you look at me and I don't, and you open my account and you see 0.001. And you look at me and you're not seeing the one million dollars showing, right? And I still tell you that I have one million dollars. I still believe it in my heart that I have one million dollars. It's not that I'm saying, it's not words that I'm saying, you know. I am, I am walking as one who has even more than one million dollars. That's, that's, that's also what faith. And, and you know what that, that does? That begins to align all the elements that should make accessible that for me, towards me. It is not because it is not as if God is now going to going to cut wrong way, but God is now going to print one million dollar notes for me. No, the storehouse is is abandoned. It's there, but as I work my faith, as my faith is working, now the elements that should provide or should bring this to open the storehouse or should supply this begin to supply them to me, even if it takes ten years. Even if it takes 10 years, and I'm able to still stand by it, right? Bible says that Abraham had faith and he sought for, for a, a land or he sought for, for a place that was not built with the hands of men. He was not seeing the place. I mean, he was not seeing the place. They are not seeing the place. He died without seeing the place. But Bible still called that faith and accounted it to him. Why? Because what he said he was looking for and he had faith in God that he was looking for. It's his for the taking and he has it. Abraham has it. It is because sometimes we feel that oh, that our life is just within the 60 year span. I mean God will do everything that we ask of him for the now. He will do it for us. But sometimes we think that oh, life is just within the 60 year span. You know Abraham is still alive. 
He's still living life, but a better life, a glorious life. You know that. And it's a life that he does, he does not regret living. He, I don't think he ever wishes that I want to come back to, to the earth and live life again. No. I don't think he ever wishes that. Right. Good. So the Bible says that and, and, and one thing, please. Sometimes we we think that it is a truth. It is a truth. But let me just it is a truth. Sometimes we think that, oh, I have to give before I am blessed. Of course, it is a truth. Giving will bring you blessings. Right? But I want you to understand that without you giving, even before you thought of giving, even without you giving, you were blessed. That is why Bible talks about, that's why Jesus Christ said that it is more blessing to give than to receive. He said it is more blessing. It means that there is a blessing. But when you give, it is more blessing. Do you understand? So without you giving, you are not poor. We are blessed. But Bible says that it is more blessing to give than to receive. See, there are levels of there's something called greater grace. You know that. There's something called greater faith. You know that. Bible says that it is more blessing to give. So even if you don't have, and that's why sometimes we don't have the money. They are, they are calling for six so we don't have the money. We have we don't have the money, but we see someone going to give, and we are jealous of the person. And the person could give. We they don't have a minute me because in our mind that person God will bless that person. We they God will not bless that. Please, you're already blessed. But it is more blessing to give. See Genesis chapter fourteen, verse eighteen to twenty. The last scripture I want us to read. Genesis chapter chapter fourteen, verse eighteen to twenty. Sorry, I've made you read a lot of scriptures. Verse eighteen. To 20, verse 18 to 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And God blessed him and said, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and gave him thanks of all. Amen. And he gave him what tithes of all. Listen to what happened. Abraham goes for, for battle. He wins the battle. Comes with a spoil. And the Bible says that Melchizedek meets Abraham, king of Salem. Right? He meets Abraham. And, and he brings forth bread and wine. And then the Bible says he was the priest of the, of the Most High God. And the Bible says, and he blessed him. He blessed Abraham and said that Blessed be, blessed be Abraham, not even Abraham, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. So Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And then after Melchizedek has blessed Abraham, Abraham gave the tithe. Abraham didn't give the tithe before Melchizedek blessed him. Melchizedek didn't bless Abraham before Abraham because Abraham gave the tithe. Bible says that Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And then Abraham gave a tithe to him. Do you understand? 
please do you, do you understand? It tells you that our God is not after your money. God is not, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, the, he's the blessing. He's the blessed. He blesses. He has blessing. He, he's blessing all supreme. Do you understand? So, he's not waiting for your money to bless you. God blessed Abraham. Then, Omechizadeh blessed Abraham. And Abraham gave the tithe. So when God was when, when God was asking us to bring the tithes to the storehouse, do you know what he was saying? He was saying that of the blessings that I have blessed you, bring a tenth to the house. And when you've brought the tenth to the house, you will receive more blessing. Because it is more blessing to give than to receive. Do we understand? The tithe is not because it is not a coercion to get you to give God money. About you who gave you the money in the first place. The money that you have, who gave it to you? It's not a coercion to get you to give God money. But God is saying that of the blessings that, of the many blessings that have blessed you, bring a tenth. Because there's another principle that says that it is more blessing to give than to receive. I have blessed you, but I'm going to bless you even more. Do you understand? Do we understand? Please. So, Let's come to the point to know that our God is blessing all supreme. We are God's interest. We. We are God's interest. Yesterday, someone, a man of God was saying something that he, he, walked, he went somewhere and with his wife and they saw Akufado's wife. And Akufado's wife was, she was patrolled by national security guards, right? So she had national security following him and following her. And she has it every day. She has it even when she goes to her office in her house. She has national security. And it's not because you voted for Rebecca Ekufado. Who saw Rebecca Ekufado's face on the ballot paper? It's not because you voted for Rebecca Ekufado. Why? It is because she is the wife of the president. And she is the interest of the president. She is the interest of the president. If anything should happen to when Donald Trump was the president, if anything should happen to Ivanka Trump, Donald Trump may decide that I'm, I'm not going to work for the next one month. And the nation, the nation knows that she, she is his, maybe she's the first priority, she has to be. I mean, God is our priority. So on earth, she is his first priority, right? She's his interest. And so they have to safeguard and protect her. That is the same way you are the interest of God. You are, you are God's interest. You are God's trophies. You are his interest. If you are the ones he showcases to the devil and says that, see the victory of my son. You are God's interest. So God has made everything possible to make you feel comfortable, to safeguard you, to treat you like a royal. Rebecca Kukwadu can know that she, I mean, she can be treated like that. But if she walks in the morning and then let's say she wants something in the house, she wants something and she decides that I'm not going to call the guard or I'm not going to call the, the maid servant. And then she starts working, she sweeps the room, she's sweeping her room. Because the maid servants are not seeing her, because she's not appropriating what has been made available to her, she'll keep on sweeping. She'll suffer the, the, the suffering of sweeping. I mean, it's not for suffering, but she'll go through that. But that's the same thing that happens to Christians who either do not know their status or know their status, know what Christ has done to them, but are not 
working in them. They are not manifesting it. They are not living that blessing. See, it start, start, start thinking about it this way. I mean, take the word of God. Start thinking about it. Start saying it. You don't need to even start seeing it before you believe. Start believing before you even see it. Start believing it. Start saying it. Start declaring it. Start prophesying it. Start, start confessing it. And see how your life will be transformed. See how you begin to enjoy all these things that God has made available for us. Amen. 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 God richly bless you. God bless you so much. God bless you. I pray that the blessings of God will be made manifest in our lives. I pray that we will not be deceived of the enemy. We will not be deceived by the things that we see. Bible says that for the things that we see are temporal, but the things which we do not see are eternal. The things which we do not see are eternal. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure for God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness shined in our hearts shined in our hearts to bring to light the glorious one the glory of the knowledge of Christ he has shined God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart to bring to light the glory of the knowledge of Christ and he says he continues to say in verse 7 he says that but we have this treasure we have this light who is God he says God has shined in our hearts God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Then he continues to say that this God who has shined in our hearts, he's a treasure. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? That the excellency of the power may not be of men, but of God. That the excellency of the power, that the glory will be to God. That the glory will be to God. But we still have the treasure in us. The glory is for God. But the treasure is in us. The glory is for God. But the treasure is in us. The treasure is in us. Say that God who commanded God, 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 the maker of all things, the one who commanded light to shine out of darkness, He has shined in our heart. He has shown in our hearts. He is in our heart. He's shining. He is shining that we will see the glory of the knowledge of Christ. We will see, we will know that, that all men will see the glory of the knowledge of Christ. All men will see that if you know Christ, there's a glory. There's a glory that comes with it. There's a glory of knowing Christ. There's a glory of the knowledge. Why? We are we are the ones that show forth that glory. It says that if we with unveiled faces, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God, we are being changed from one glory to another. We are being changed from glory to glory. We are moving from glory to glory. But this, this treasure is an earthen vessel. It's in an earthen vessel. It's in an earthen vessel. So you see your earthen vessel. You see the earthen vessel. Don't let the earthen vessel define you because there's a treasure in you. There's a treasure in you. Don't let the earthen vessel define you because there's a treasure in you. Is that God? We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, but not of men. There's a treasure in you. There's a treasure. I have this treasure. I have this treasure in me. I have this treasure in me. I am the trophy of Christ. I am the trophy. I am the display of Christ. I have this treasure in me. They said that though we are being persecuted, we are being struck down, but we are not destroyed. 
persecuted. We are being cast down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because there's a treasure. There's a treasure. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.